Campus 180 Radio. Funny, thoughtful, real. Hey guys, for more great content, check out This Could Be It, a podcast on Campus 180 Radio. We discuss the relationships that define our lives, the way we relate to ourselves, relationships that we've built and maintained with others, and our public and private relationship with God. We'll also share how we manage our emotional and spiritual health and the random things that bring us joy and make us groan. This could be it with Jeff and Friends on Campus 180 Radio. Hello, folks. Welcome to Season 2 of Bottom Shelf Dreams. Mike, I'm so excited. I, you know, I've been dreaming about this moment since we took a break over Christmas. And, man, I'm ready to hit this thing running hard. Oh, yes. We are, we're hitting it at a new angle, Adam. Um, Usually we talk about what we think is a bottom shelf dream. But now we're asking other people. Yeah, we've, you know, in our our older age, we've decided that we want to be a little less selfish and we're going to ask others what they like. Right. And, you know, at first I was a little scared, you know, because asking a guest to bring up something on the bottom shelf, sometimes they don't understand the bottom shelf. And I was afraid our guest was going to say, oh, you know, Harry Potter or Backstreet (laughs) Boys. But um, our guest came through in spades. Michael, this might be the strongest guest we've had on the show. Sorry, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry, Peter. Uh, yeah, yeah. King of the Hill is not as bottom as we're about to talk about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you know, all love to Peter. Peter's, you know, one of our friends. And uh, we thank him so much for being on our show. But. Today's guest is, I mean, bringing the hot fire. Yes, absolutely. So in case you're wondering what bottom shelf means, um, basically we talk about the things you would find in the Walmart discount bin. (laughs) Um, We are the number one resource for that thing. And not only do we talk about something you'd find in the $5 movie, $5 toy, uh, $5 video game bin, um, but we share so much love and we gush about it so much um, that you think that we we had stock in it, which we probably do. Yeah, I mean, there there's some things that we talked about, you know, in the last couple seasons that I really wish we had stock in. <laughs> and um, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. How's your mega block stock doing, by the way? Printing money. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. So, without further ado, I want to welcome Kayla Matthews. Woo! Woo! Hey, guys. Hey, Kayla. Welcome to our show. Uh, Thank you. Glad to be here. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you're our first guest, because as I said earlier, uh, you really nailed the, the... true meaning of bottom shelf dreams christmas yeah take that peter you're no longer yeah. our first guest <laughs> poor peter 
Anyways, uh, Kayla, you and I, we work together for a little group called Campus 180. Yes. Fun. Yes. And where do you serve on Campus 180? Currently, I'm the temporary director for Brockport Campus. Uh, I just make sure that everything runs smoothly. Bible studies go as planned and other volunteer events goes as planned, but mostly it's up to the staff to get things done. So I'm just the organizational manager, I suppose, director. Yes, don't downplay it. Everyone relies on you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, what exciting thing can we look forward to at Brockport University? Uh, wow, they keep changing their names. I think it's uh, SUNY Brockport now, before it was oh. college at Brockport. They're very oh. annoying with their name. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we have a Bible study coming up next week, and then that is going to slowly ease into the Bible study that when the semester starts. So we're going to have one that focuses on peace and worrying less. Ooh, ooh, That'll sign me fun. up. Yeah. Yes. Are, now, ironically, are you worried about how that will go? A little, because <laughs> I'm still figuring out, like, the exact Bible scriptures are going to go over, but mm -hmm. it'll be taken care of. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So the premise of the show is we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to your heart or something you've enjoyed that you think the world has not gotten a lot of exposure to. Mm -hmm. And can you share what that's going to be today? Uh, the movie that I we're talking about today is called Cats Don't Dance. Right. Uh, do you want me to say when it was named or just the title? Um, if you know what it was made, you'll, you're one step ahead of us. Yeah, it was made in 1996. Uh, I mean, no, 1997. Right. It was made one year after I was born. Awesome. Ooh. So it was already out on VHS. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to be talking about this little gem called Cats Don't Dance, a 1997 movie that kind of came under the radar. Now, um, the people who are listening to this, they need to calibrate their tastes to know if they have the same tastes as you, because we're going to be talking about this movie and sharing lots of love with it. So I'm going to, we're going to do a taste calibration where I'm going to name off a few things and you tell me if you like them or you don't like them. Okay? Okay. All right. So first, what do you think of Linkin Park? <laughs> I like them. Like them? Yeah. I, I hear some hesitation. Well, it's because I could say that I like them, but I only like maybe heard two songs from them. And okay. then I just like, oh, yeah, favorite band right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. So put that on your tally sheets. Um, the Netflix show Stranger Things. First season, like it. Second season? Eh. Third season? Eh. I didn't even watch the other two. Oh. I didn't watch the third season. Okay. <laughs> A scathing indictment. Right. <laughs> All right. The, the food... Or the, the type of food, pumpkin spice coffee creamer. Dislike it. Dislike. Yeah, wow. dislike. All right. All wow. Right. Strong. 
Um, a puppy's love and respect. Love it. You love it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Mike. Nothing beats a firm handshake from a puppy. <laughs> exactly. If I get a puppy's respect, I've accomplished everything in life. Wonderful. Wonderful. And finally, long lines to roller coasters. I hate it. You hate it. Yeah. Even even though there's a roller coaster at the end. Yeah, I don't enjoy roller coasters as much. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I, um, you know, and this is something you're going to quickly find out, Kayla, and any uh, new listeners that might be joining us. We really do enjoy uh, rabbit trails, but um, for this one in particular, I have this, uh, you know, philosophy about roller coasters that if there isn't a line for the roller coaster, it's not worth riding. (laughs) Ah. Right. I mean, you have a point, but that might be my taste. I remember there was a time I went to (laughs) Florida with my family, and there was this roller coaster called the Unicorn. There was no lines, and I just kept going on and on like 12 times in a row. I'm pretty sure my dad was tired of it by then. See, that that is such a bottom shelf uh, attitude. (laughs) Because there's no lines to the things we talk about. (laughs) You know what, Mike? still ride them. Right. Mike, I think you need to replace me with Kayla. I think she, she out bottom shelved me. Yeah, she she grew up on the bottom shelf. So folks at home, if you like Lincoln Park, only like one season of Stranger Things, dislike pumpkin spice, uh cherish a puppy's love, and hate long lines to roller coasters, then you can rest assured that this is this is right for you. All right, so let's let's not wait any further. Cats don't dance. Adam, take it away. Um, Mike, this is this is a uh, one of those episodes where the more I dug into what we were, you know, talking about, the more excited I got. I mean, um, you know, this has given me mega blocks, flashbacks. This has given me um, the episode we did on Christian metal that was well received. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I had never heard of this movie and there's, there's, you know, there's reasons for it that I'm sure we'll talk about as we, as we move on with the podcast, but Mm -hmm. man, this, this movie by all accounts and purposes really should have been an incredible hit. And I'm disappointed that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So go go right ahead. So, you know, just jumping straight into it, um, you know, the the basic reviews that you're going to get, um, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a respectable, very positive 74%. Mm-hmm. Um, Am- the Amazon UK store has it at a 4.7 out of 5. Okay. And, um, you know, it's the, the average rating on Google reviews is a 4.6. And... Um, I just want to read um, a positive audience review and a negative audience review. Um, mm-hmm. the, the positive one is glowing. Uh, it says, um, it said that this movie cost 30 plus million dollars and only got $3 million back. Such a disappointment how this movie flopped, like my hair volume. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's such an amazing movie to begin with. It has good dialogue, a great storyline, 
and uh, and it lets you accept that you can do anything that you imagine. Uh, I extremely <laughs> recommend this movie for nostalgia, uh, for get-togethers and reunions. I binge-watched this movie a lot, especially on Christmas or Thanksgiving. 10 out of 10, two clapping emojis. <laughs> All right. And then the three-star review. This is... The the lowest reviews given was a was a three star, so you know that this is pretty quality. Um, the three star review says, "I used to have it on VHS as a child, and it came out on VHS in the UK and my home country, Ireland, in the summer of 1998. I've seen it several times, and it's probably one of the most underrated 90s film of all time. Three stars." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do you think that person just isn't crazy about the nineties? Or I I think that the person doesn't understand what the word underrated means. <laughs> Usually means we have a high rating of something. Oh man. So great. Um, Three stars. (laughs) I just just don't get people that review things like that. That is the opposite of helpful. Yes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, let's, you know, let's get into, you know, the nitty gritty. Um, So the movie, obviously, Cats Don't Dance um, from 1997. Uh, The film was uh, developed and uh, distributed by the Warner Brothers and uh, the family label and their family entertainment label. Um, it's their only fully animated feature. And, uh, you know, kind of part of the reason that um, this movie didn't do as well as it probably um, hoped to do is because it kind of was a victim of this, this merger, uh, the Turner Broadcaster Turner Broadcasting and Time Warner had in 1996. So it kind of just like fell by the wayside in favor of other things, um, like other cartoons. Um, so, you know, it really, it was, it was a victim of, um, it was a victim of, you know, bureaucratic things that had nothing to do with the quality of the movie, which is such a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kayla, is that what you felt when you were watching it? Uh, Kind of, because when I've seen this movie, it was like, I remember watching it as a, on a VHS, but I've never spoken about it to anybody outside my family. And mm-hmm. when I rewatched it, I was like, this is actually a really good film. Why isn't it well known? I thought yeah. maybe it had something to do. Well, I didn't know anything. Why? Do, do you I think you know. can explain the plot? Uh, yes. So... A cat from a small town uh, decides to become famous and goes to Hollywood. But in his pursuit of fame and fortune, mostly fame, he finds himself, along with all the other animals that look for fame, to be pushed off at the side and not valued by the humans. Specifically, one little girl named Darla Dimple who was the star in Hollywood at the time. And he spends his time trying to encourage the other animals to continue to chase their dreams, with Darla being the antagonist and trying to push them down. Do you want me to mm. give the whole plot or just that premise? You know, that, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. You, yeah, you named a bunch of characters. Yeah. That, um, and I only really recognized one. 
Um, Adam, tell us who these actors are, especially the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, so I mean, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of famous people in this movie that you would um, that you would just not expect them to be, and I, namely the the lead is uh, one Scott Bakula, um, yes. <laughs> uh, famous American actor. Um, best known for his roles in uh, the science fiction series uh, Quantum Leap. Also uh, as Captain Jonathan Archer on Star Trek Enterprise. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, he also stars as Chuck's father in uh, the TV show Chuck. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's also, I think he's one of the, the, the leads in NCIS New Orleans. So, you know, quite a quite a quite an actor. I mean, he's he has four Emmy awards and a and a, Glo- a Golden Globe award. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's not one to to sneeze at. So he uh, he plays the uh, the the main character there um, as as Danny the uh, the orange tabby. Um, but then uh, the the late uh, the female lead. Um, is an actor, actress, sorry, uh, named Jasmine Guy, or Gee, I don't know. Uh, but she's best known for uh, being in School Days and um, the NBC Cosby Show spinoff, uh, A Different World. Hmm. Um, and uh, But maybe you might know her as uh, Sheila Grahams Bennett on The Vampire Diaries. Who am oh, I to know? Yeah, who, maybe. Who am I... Who am I to who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so those are the 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 two kind of main uh, female leads there. But or female lead, one of them's a female lead. The other is Scott Bakula. Um, mm-hmm. But you know this this movie has um, this this film has a lot of firepower, uh, and I mean even. Uh, Someone that I was excited to see, uh, John Reese Davies, who plays Gimli and mm-hmm. Treebeard in Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, is in it. He plays the uh, the woolly mammoth among yep. um, he you know oh. a famous voice in a bunch of other uh, movies and shows like Gargoyles, SpongeBob SquarePants, right? Uh, Justice League. So that was cool to see, and. Uh, 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 do you, and Don uh, uh, Don Knotts was in it, also, yes. which was I was ex- extremely excited to see. Uh, for those of you who don't know that name, Don Knotts, he plays Sheriff Barney Fife on a little TV show. I don't know if you've heard of it called The Andy Griffith Show, for mm-hmm. which he won five Academy Awards. So uh. or mm. Emmy Awards. So you know this this show has this this uh, movie has some serious you know stars in it and. Um, you know, they really do give it at all. And, um, when they say this is a musical, they're, they're not joking. It's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the real deal. Right. Right. And um, the, the theme of the, the movie, I, I think that might've gone over a lot of kids heads because WB is like, they're famous for doing the Michigan J frog. Like, hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. <laughs> Hello, you know, ragtime girl. <laughs> yeah, and the, this is like a golden age Hollywood, with you know, you got the Marilyn Monroes and uh, 
Um, you got the Scott Bakula's. Yeah, Scott ba- the Hardys and the, the uh, you know, it's and it's so supposed to be set into like you know the ragtime uh, golden mm-hmm. age of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny, he's the main character cat, and you know he kind of lives for that. Gotta say, as a kid, I also didn't re- recognize any of the stars. It was just me. Like, they really gave them caricature features, like large noses, huge eyes. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm pretty sure this is a joke I'm supposed to get, but I don't. Yes. All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the WB does that. They'd be like, here's an inside joke about Laurel and Hardy. And- <laughs> I mean, yeah. these, are, these are like eight-year-olds watching Animaniacs. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, I think it, it all comes down to, and probably the biggest star from it, besides Scott Bakula, is the person that directed this movie. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk a lot mm-hmm. about him coming up. But um, Mark Arl Dindal, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry, Mark. Um, and if the name doesn't sound familiar, you probably know him from his famous works like Cats Don't Dance, <laughs> or, <laughs> or I don't know, a little movie called The Emperor's New Groove. Oh um, my gosh! Or uh, commercially and critically well-received Disney movie Chicken Little. <laughs> um, <laughs> he um, did Cars. He did Cars. Yeah. Um, oh. But he's also well, really well known for his um, his projects as an effect animator, specifically for things like mm-hmm. The Little Mermaid. And the rescuers down under. Um, he also worked on the Fox and the Hound. Pretty much every Disney animation since the '80s, he probably worked on it. Um, you know, the Black Cauldron, one of my one of my personal most underrated Disney movies. Um, mm-hmm. And something else that uh, I had no idea that he worked on, and I was so psyched for to, to find out. Um, have you guys heard of a, a little animated series called Brave Star? Yes! <laughs> he oh worked gosh. on it. He worked IMDb. on Brave Star. He worked on Brave Star. He worked as an animator on it. Um, guys, if you know anime, um, you know Cowboy Bebop. Bra- oh. uh, Brave Star. Brave Star is the bottom shelf version of Cowboy <laughs> Bebop. Oh <my> <laughs> I remember him having a horse that stood upright and had a shotgun. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I um I haven't seen an episode, but it's just like one of those cult things that you just see every once in a while because it's it's just a ridiculous thing. It it's set in like the the 23rd century on this desert planet called New Texas and <laughs> it's it's a it's a fever dream. I mean, it's it's very like He Man, Masters of the Universe, or like Shira, or you know <laughs> those movies like that. Like a hundred percent, it existed to move and create action figures. And um, yeah, I, I was just so tickled to see that in his um, in his his mm-hmm. credited work. Now. It's um have you seen Brave Star? Uh, Kayla? No, I haven't. This is oh the man, you know, I, I figured since you love this movie, that would like drive you to it. Of course. No, not at all. Yes. 
you know, this IMDb, the Cats Don't Dance, had a link to all these other golden 90s uh, theatrical cartoons. Um, and the one that kept popping out was Rockadoodle, which is about like this Elvis um, rooster. <laughs> and wow. I'm like, oh man, I hope someone picks Rockadoodle. <laughs> um, so. What what would be some of the songs that you really enjoyed, Kayla, on this movie? Uh, surprisingly, well, I guess not surprisingly, I loved all of the songs mm -hmm. except for the one slow song in the every kids movie that you skip over. Uh, let it go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I watched it enough to remember like the main uh. The first, the intro song that you own. Yes. Like that the main character sings. And mm -hmm. even though it sounds corny, my sister, who watched the movie a lot with me, like they played the intro song. And then when they played the same intro song at the end, she actually teared up. She was just like, <laughs> it's their dreams. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And some of those songs were done by Randy Newman. Um, Adam, I don't know if you're going to bring that up, but uh, I was not go for it. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Lion King had um, Lion King had uh, Sir Elton John, and WB, you know, said we're getting Randy Newman, who is famous for making up jingles and lyrics for a lot of famous music, a lot of famous shows. Mm -hmm. So his his works are you know from the beginning and I'm thinking this is the one your your sister teared up to was nothing's gonna stop us now. Uh no. Oh, <laughs> that's the finale. Oh, I'm trying to remember the first one. Now our time has come. I think. Oh, maybe. Okay. Mm -hmm. But still, nothing gonna stop us now. That is a favorite as well. It's like yeah. a lot of lights and explosions, fire, breathing of some sort. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, am I allowed to bring up the rumor of what this movie was supposed to be? Um, absolutely. But before we do that, would you like to hear a review of the CD album? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Amazon, from user PJ Parrish. Yes. <laughs> Three oh stars. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I have this on CD, and I think that it is good. I like the following songs. Our Time Has Come, Tell Me Lies, <laughs> Animal Jam, Our Time Has Come, Reprise. <laughs> 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 Most of the album is feel good type of album. The tune the tunes for Darla seem to be overpowering at best. I think that this CD should be re-released for new fans of the film to discover. Agree. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> 3 stars. <laughs> 3 stars. Hmm. Yeah. Um the only like uh like I looked up the nostalgic critic, nostalgia cricket, uh, critic, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that the reason this movie was so, you know, underrated is because, you know, none of the, 
the it the emotions were too like over the top and wacky, um, which brought in the kids, but the jokes were kind of like over their heads. So it, it appealed to neither child nor adult. But mm. I feel like I can get it. So why? I, yeah. I felt like it was, I was a perfect target because I'm right between child and adult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and there's you know there's a yeah, lot of I, mean, like... I I just don't get I don't get when people review things like that, like <laughs> what, like what what are you actually saying that <laughs> you know like oh man this 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 musical kids are too dumb for it but those adults too mature for it <laughs> perfect for twenty five to thirty <laughs> like like what. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. And like I don't know, I'm not the biggest fan of musicals, but isn't the whole point of of like musicals is over the top emotion? Like that's pretty much the driving force. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would say now this nostalgia critic, he actually liked it. He said this is the first movie that I was supposed to make fun of, but I like it. Mm -hmm. So th this uh, it turns we'll even the most stone hearts. We'll give him that. Yeah. But I have to say, like, it. this movie definitely has a theme, like a Fred Astaire tap dance, um, you know, black and white movie, um, he said, she said type thing. You know, because mm -hmm. the characters, they're, they're, they like to talk really fast. And they say, you know, you better clam up, boy. And, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, as a kid, it, it's not as if jokes made specifically for me for like, mm -hmm. I don't get the jokes made for me either. That goes over my head, too. I watched it because it was very bright and colorful. Like right. That, then you'll get a kid. Yeah. A boy cat kicks a girl cat into a fountain. What more do you need? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know. Maybe it's the bottom shelf in me, but I just don't get critics sometimes. Well, you know what? I think from what we've read in the reviews that no one hates this movie. Like, it's impossible to hate. Clearly. Um, you I know, mean, and yeah. Most you can see it as three stars. <laughs> right. It is good. <laughs> yeah. The worst you can say is it's good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are to the part where I get to ask you trivia questions to see how much you remember and how much you actually know about this gem called Cats Don't Dance. Okay. I am not All ready to right. do this. Yeah. I'm not sure. So we are, we gave away some of the, the answers to the quiz because, you know, we're know-it-alls and we can't help it. <laughs> um, it. But if you remember them, you know, that's an extra point for you. So. Okay. We're going to start this trivia. So question number one. Which of the following is a Cats Don't Dance song from Danny, the main character? Is it A, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, B, Dance, Dance, or C, Party Time? <laughs> uh, A. Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. That is correct. Okay. Oh, man. I was really hoping for C, Pizza Time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. Getting a little harder now. What Bible story was Darla's production based on? 
A, the splitting of the Red Sea, B, David and Goliath, or C, Noah and the Ark? E, Noah and the Ark. Correct. It's called the Archangel. <laughs> All right. It's interesting. There are a lot of Bible stories in that movie. There is. It's, yeah. So, speaking of the villain, Darla Dimples, she is a parody of what Golden Age child actress? Is it A, Macaulay Culkin, B, Shirley Temple, or C, Rue McClanahan? B, Shirley Temple. That is correct. She is an amazing Shirley Temple. Yes, I've seen <laughs> so right. many commercials. Yes, so you, you're three for three right now. Okay. So Lindsay Ridgway is the singing actress behind Darla Dimples. What popular 90s ABC sitcom did she also star in? Was she in A, Boy Meets World, B, Step by Step, or C, Saved by the Bell? Uh, C, Saved by the Bell? I'm sorry. It's Boy Meets World. Ooh. All right. That one was meant to trip you up, so. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't pick that out. I didn't say, ooh, Lindsay Ridgeway. No, I have to look that up. Um, true or false, the elephant playing the piano, Wooly Mammoth, is also famous for saying, in my axe, in Lord of the Rings. Uh, true? It is true, Jonathan. We Ryan. talked about this, Kayla. <laughs> yes. I wasn't paying attention. Unbelievable. <laughs> You were right on the... It would be hard if you're not paying attention. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you'll redeem yourself with this quiz question. Cats Don't Dance is the first movie to feature A, a talking animal in the 1940s, in 1940s garb, a B, a large fight scene where a cat fights a butler on an inflated balloon depicting a girl, <laughs> or C, an elephant playing the piano. <laughs> See an elephant playing the piano. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure it's not a large fight scene where a cat fights a butler on an inflated balloon depicting a girl? I might have seen that before. <laughs> this is maybe the third movie to do it. Okay, okay. Fair. I want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many movies have an animal in 1940s clothes? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think she's referring to the large fight scene in Titanic where a cat fights a butler on an inflated balloon depicting a girl. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yes. Yes. So on opening weekend, this movie made A, 2 million, B, 1 million, or C, 9,339. 871. Uh, 3 million. I don't remember which letter that was. <laughs> A, B, or C? B. You said B? Yes. I'm sorry. It's the very distinct number. 900,339,871. Oh. <laughs> Which is sad because it's probably cost thirty-two million to make. Oh gosh! 
Uh, Randy Newman did the lyrics for most of the songs, but he is also on this Pixar animated feature about talking vehicles. Um, A, Cars. B, A Bug's Life. Or C, Toy Story. <laughs> if you get this wrong, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Cars A? A yes. Cars? Yes. A cars, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. And I believe the last question is Mark Dindal also directed this movie with a talking animal by David Spade and John Goodman. Is it A, Emperor's New Groove, B, The Little Mermaid, or C, Alien's Resurrection? Oh, uh, A, Emperor's New Groove. Correct. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That's my other Originally. Originally, C was Aladdin, but that might have someone that sounds like David Spade, so I didn't want to trip you up. Well, I don't really know who David Spade is, but... You're a better person for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and so finally, Adam, we don't just look at the bottom shelf, but we like to compare things from the bottom shelf, uh, from the top shelf, so what would this be in most comparison to the top shelf? Uh, Mike, I, I had a difficult time with this because, I mean, naturally the first thing my mind went to um, is the, the 1970 classic, the Aristocats, right? It just, yeah. it makes sense. But um, in, in my mind, I couldn't, I couldn't say that it was, you know, something that came out, you know, so, and so previous to it. Um, I don't know. I just didn't feel it didn't feel right. Um, so I went with something that's an even bigger gap in between the two. Yes. <laughs> um, it's it's it, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber's cats. <laughs> I was hoping you'd go there, actually. I was afraid you would go there. <laughs> I mean, it just it just made more sense to me than Aristocats. I mean, um, you know, it's it's got the big soaring musical numbers. It has way less blatant racism. Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the comparisons go go even further. Um, I mean, the the all star cast, um, uh, you know, Taylor Swift, Jennifer Hudson, <laughs> James Corden, Jason Derulo, Rebel mm. Wilson, Judy Dench, Ian McClellan, Idris Elba. Do I need to go on? I will. Lori Davidson, Robert <laughs> Fairchild. I mean, Idris Elba was in there. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, uh, Jennifer Hudson's in there too. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. you can, you know, you, you really can compare the two casts. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Spectacular is way better. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> prompted by one, say where cats don't dance, um, past where cats just failed. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's it blows my mind that this budget. The budget was maybe, you know, a hundred times bigger. Literally, like its budget was a hundred million dollars, oh. and uh, the it's uh, it it grossed way more than um, 
at the box office than uh, you know, Cats Don't Dance. Uh, $75.5 million. Um, but it's just... Uh, the, the CGI effects are worse. The plot and the the tone of the movie are worse. <laughs> um, it, it's it's estimated that Universal Pictures lost as much as $114 million. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, the for everything that uh, Cats Don't Dance failed at, specifically like um, the gross and um, its you know, lack of marketing is where Cats the Musical shined. You know, the the budget spent on um, advertising mm-hmm. and the all-star cast and crew. Um, but in everything that matters, Cat Cats Don't Dance wins, right? It's it's got right. um, you know it's it's got better animation. It's it's humor definitely hits. You don't have to awkwardly listen to Jennifer Hudson sing Memories. Uh, <laughs> the voice performances are better. The musical numbers are better, and it's just got a better heartwarming story that doesn't involve cats <laughs> yes what do you think kayla if you had to choose between cats don't dance and cats what would you pick obviously cats don't dance <laughs> i Did didn't you even s- consider no uh but i remember I was kind of excited to hear that Cats was turning into a theater because as a younger kid, I also watched the Cats theatrical thing. We had it on VHS, so I watched that a lot along with Cats Don't Dance. Mm-hmm. But the theatrical release is just a mess of nightmares. Yeah, I hear it's not really a story as it is uh, like a compilation of Cats singing with agendas. <laughs> uh, I, I had this feeling in my head that like the name of this movie is, you know, Mark Dindale went to see a cat show, was horrified, and all he could say was, cats don't dance. Cats don't dance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, how do you how do you feel about the uh, the comparison? Do you think it's a, an apt one? Well, I think you're right on with it's either it's got to be aristocrats, mm-hmm. um, or it has to be cats because that's like most on the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Because cats don't dance is a lot of things. It's it's got like uh, I'm trying to think of a of a a golden Hollywood movie to compare it to, but I don't know any, so that doesn't help. But it, <laughs> it's got the charm of Toy Story. Right. It's right. got the spirit of Frozen. Mm-hmm. It's got the goofiness of Space Jam, mm-hmm. but it's got the class of Fred Astaire. So Absolutely. where do you go with that? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's got more class than the Aristocats, and it's, better to look at than Cats the Musical. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Once you said Cats, I was actually thinking you were going to say Cats because I'm like, this is way like, they should have just remade Cats Don't Dance instead of making that that they made. Very yes. good comparison. And that's a segue into our next episode, which will air in two weeks. 
as we are going to talk about the live action version of Cats Don't Dance. Oh boy, I can't wait for this, Mike. Um, yes. This, you know, in previous seasons of our podcast, this was my favorite portion, and I'm so glad that we're going to be able to let our imaginations run wild. So, yes, Kayla is going to join us, and we're going to talk about how we're going to imagine a world where Cats Don't Dance never got was never on the bottom shelf. What it, would it be like with its own sequel, its own following, its own hashtag? We're going to look at that, but that's all going to be in our next episode. Yeah, absolutely. So stay tuned, and we're so excited to go on this journey with Kayla. I'm, I'm psyched. All right. So Kayla, any last words about this movie before we reconstruct it? Uh, you asking me to be on your show made me go out and finally purchase the movie. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Right. WB, that, WB, give us jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What, what medium did you get it in? VHS? I wish. The VHS was gone and our... VCR that plays them, it got stuck. It had a VG, VC, it had a VHS stuck in it, so I can't use that anymore. I bought was it on the, YouTube. Was the VHS that was stuck in it Cats Don't Dance? Maybe <laughs> it might have been a whole okay movie. I don't know. <laughs> it was Be Kind Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you for joining us for Bottom Shelf Dreams. Um, join us for part two. And in the meantime, you can go to our Discord, which is the Campus 180 Quarantine Zone. That's where we have fun conversations and play fun games and talk about uh, college things. So come and visit us and talk to us. Yes. I've been Adam. I've been Mike. I've been Kayla. All right. Have a great day. <laughs>